Magandang umaga po sa ating lahat. In celebration of the Reformation Month, I am tasked this morning to give you a quick explanation of the foundation of all the solas of the Reformation Movement, which is uh, Solus Christus. Um, yung limang solas po, and Pastor Paul started last week, we have uh, Sola Gratia, Yes, last week we have sola scriptura, which is scripture alone. Then we have sola gratia, which is by grace alone. And then we have sola fide, which is by faith alone. And then soli deo gloria, which is glory of God alone. And this morning we will be concentrating on solas Christus, or in Christ alone. As I said a while ago, solas Christus is the very foundation of all the solas in the Reformation movement. Because our eyes are only fixed, and are only focused on Jesus. This is the very foundation of all the solas in the Reformation movement, declaring the primacy of Christ in our salvation. But just to give you a quick backgrounder, kung ano yung Reformation movement, at saan ba tayo nanggaling? Next slide please, medyo huli na tayo. Yeah, next slide po. And why do we call this as the Reformation Movement? Back in the early 16th centuries, pag sinabi natin 16th century, ang pagbilang natin nasa 1501. Kasi 100 years is a century, di ba? So back in the early 16th century, there was this German monk by the name of Martin Luther. Martin Luther was a German monk who was in the monastery. And while he was studying the Word of God, hindi siya pinatulog ng kanyang pagbabasa ng Biblia sapagkat may nakita siya sa salita ng Panginoon na iba doon sa mga practices at sa mga paniniwala ng kinalakihan nating pananampalataya. And we are talking about the Roman Catholic tradition at this time. And what he wanted to do at that time was not actually to break away from the old tradition. What he wanted to do was to reform the tradition. That is the reason why it was called as the Reformation Movement. Gusto po niyang i-reform, ayaw niyang umalis doon kung hindi itama yung mga nakikita nilang pagkakamali ng mga practices at paniniwala sa ating pananampalataya. But then again, to no avail, hindi po siya pinakinggan. Nakipag-usap na siya sa Papa sa Roma and all this and that. But, wala pong nangyari. Uulitin ko po, his intention was not to break away from the faith but to reform what was the seemingly wrong practices of the Catholic Church at that time. And because he had no other choice, what happened was, nagkaroon tayo ng Protestant theology. And the reason why it was called as Protestant theology, that was in protest. Okay? That was in protest of the, ano, of the available and the familiar practices and doctrines of the Catholic tradition at that time. Kaya po ito tinawag na Reformation Theology. Kaya po ito tinawag na Protestant Movement. You see, the problem in the Catholic tradition was not, they did not, they did not believe in Jesus Christ. Hindi po yun. Naniniwala sila sa Panginoong Jesus. They believed in the deity, in the Godhead, Jesus Christ being holy man, and holy God. It was not the person of Jesus Christ that was the problem, but the problem was the work of Jesus Christ. And when I say that their problem, the, the problem of the reformers here was the work of God and not the person of Christ, was because in the Roman Catholic tradition, they initiated the sacraments through the different agencies sa pamamagitan ng mga pare who dispenses these sacraments, becoming a dispenser of God's grace. Yun po yung naging problema noong mga reformers natin. And we are partakers, we are heirs of the Reformation movement. The problem was not the person of Christ. The problem was the work of Christ because the Roman Catholic tradition initiated a sacramental system that dispenses the grace of God. And through the sacramental system, they were effectively controlling the life of the faithful from birth sa baptism, nakasama sa mga sacraments, until the death, 
yung tinatawag nating extreme unction or yung holy unction, and even beyond yung ginagawa nating masses para sa mga patay. And so what Martin Luther and the other reformers realized that this elaborate system obscured the work of Christ. Pag sinabi natin it obscured the work of Christ, minaliit niya yung naging work ni Jesus Christ sa krus ng Kalbaryo. Because instead of just focusing on the work of Christ on the cross, they were bringing in other means to which the grace of God can be dispensed. And this is the reason kung bakit meron tayong tinatawag na solus Christus. In the Council of Trent, sa Canon 4.0, in the seventh session of the Council of Trent, that was back in 1545 to 1563, ang sabi po dito, If anyone saith that the sacraments of the new law are not necessary unto salvation, but superfluous, and that without them or without the desire thereof, men obtain of God through faith alone the grace of justification, though all the sacraments, open and close parentheses, are not necessary for every individual, let him be anathema. Ito po yung pinagkasunduan ng mga religious leaders ng Catholic tradition in the Council of Trent that those who would not believe in the sacraments, ang sabi nila, let him be anathema. In the New Testament po, pag sinabi nating anathema, ang ibig sabihin po nun, let him be cursed. Let him be cursed or condemned by God. In the context of the Council of Trent, ang ibig sabihin po ng let him be anathema, the person should be excommunicated, excluded, and separated from the church because he or she does not believe in what is the tradition of the faith. This is where the reformers defended the scriptures which says that it's crystal clear that salvation is found in no one else but in Christ Jesus. Ang sabi po ni Haldrich Zwingli, one of the most popular reformers at that time, ang sabi niya, Christ is the only way of salvation of all who were, are now, or shall be. In John 14.6, ang sabi po, I am the way, this was Jesus Christ saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, si Apostle Peter po in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12, ang sabi niya, as one of the forerunners of our church, sabi niya, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. You know, we are heirs of the Reformation. Thus, our teachings, our devotions, and our confession should manifest this truth defended by our reformers of old. This is Solus Christus, and we are saved in no other name but by the name of Jesus Christ. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sino po 
sa inyo ang nagpa-practice ng praying the scriptures. And yung nagbabasa kayo ng Bible. And then, whenever you have no words to utter when you pray, you use the scriptures itself as your prayers. Alam niyo po, napakagandang practice doon para po sa atin when we do scripture praying. And I know that many of us here grew up in Sunday schools. Right? Sa Sunday school, naalala ko, lagi tayong pinapamemorize ng mga passages ng scriptures. And also, hindi lang sa Sunday school, kung hindi maging saan po, maging sa DDBS, sa Daily Vacation Bible School po natin. And of course, one of those words, one of those passages na napaka-importante, na napakagandang gamitin bilang prayer, praying in the scriptures is Psalm 23. Naniniwala po ako na marami sa atin dito yung nakakaalam ng Psalm 23. And perhaps this is considered as the most familiar and the most famous of all the passages in the book of Psalm. And this morning, as we are going through the series of prayers, we will be using this passage right now as our prayer sa umaga pong ito. This is Psalm 23, The Lord is My Shepherd. Bigyan ko lamang po kayo ng kaunting konteksto dito sa Psalm 23. This psalm was written by King David. Most probably, this was written during the time that his son, Absalom, wanted to overthrow him from the kingship dahil ang gusto ni Absalom because of his greed, gusto niyang siya ang maging hari kahit hindi pa nararapat at hindi siya yung dapat na pumalit kay King David. It was a very painful moment in the life of David because he was being betrayed by his son. So what David did was to run away to the Jordan River going to Gilead where he met si Barzillai. Barzillai is actually a shepherd. Pag sinabi natin shepherd, minsan iniisip natin, baka mahihirap itong mga taong ito. But Barzillai was not. He was a wealthy shepherd and he was very loyal to King David. And doon sa nais ni Absalom na patalisikin na ang kanyang ama, na si King David sa pagiging hari, katulad po nang nabanggit ko kanina, what King David did was to run away from the Jordan River going to Gilead and that is where he met Barzillai at doon po muna siya nagstay habang inaayos ang gusot sa pagitan ng kanyang mga tauhan at sa rebellion na nagaganap against him. And so what he did was to write Psalm 23, reminding himself that despite of his circumstances, despite of his predicament, the Lord will still be his shepherd. He remembered who God was to him despite of his circumstance And you see, this is a psalm na marami po sa atin ang nakaka-relate. I just gave you a very brief backgrounder of the context kung papaano po naisulat ang Psalm 23. King David was grieving. King David was in pain because he was being betrayed by his son who wanted to overthrow him from the kingship. And this is Psalm 23. 23, babasahin ko po, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Manalangin po tayo. Lord, as we come before you this morning, we are very much grateful to remember that you are our shepherd. Open our hearts and open our hearts. And may your name and your name alone be glorified in our midst. This is our prayer for Christ's sake. Amen. You know, the first sentence in Psalm 23 states, The Lord is my shepherd. Tingnan po muna natin kasi napakagandang isa-isahin noong sentence na ito, The Lord is my shepherd. The translation in Hebrew is Yahweh Rohi. And when we talk about the name of Yahweh, this is the name of the Old Testament God. And you know, 
as sacred as the name is, people could not even utter this name during their time. And so, in the succeeding translations of the Old Testament, they changed it from Yahweh Rohi to Adonai Rohi. Para lang kahit papano mabanggit ng mga tao yung pangalan ng Panginoon because again, that is a very sacred name that is not even worth mentioning because yung mga taong nagsasalita in comparison to whom they are talking to ay napakalayo. He is a holy God na dapat hindi natin mabanggit ang kanyang pangalan. That's why it says here, Yahweh Rohi, in later translations, it said, Adonai Rohi. The Lord, Yahweh. Kilala po ni David ang kanyang Panginoon. He is the God of the Old Testament, the God who made him to be the King of Israel, and the God who was with him, even in trials and tribulations. And then you have the word is here. Is here is the verb in the present form, right? Hindi po sinabi rito ni King David na the Lord was my shepherd. Ang binanggit niya po, the Lord is my shepherd. It doesn't necessarily follow na kapag payapa lang yung mundo niya, ang Panginoon ang kanyang pastol. But here, ang sabi niya, the Lord is my shepherd. Despite of His Son trying to overthrow Him, Ang sabi niya pa rin, ang Panginoon ang aking pastol. Kahit na ano ang sitwasyon. And then you have here the pronoun, my. And when you say my, this is a first person pronoun. ba? Pag sinabi nating first person pronoun, you talk about your affinity to the object of the sentence. Right. Halimbawa po, pag sinabi kong, she is a mother. I am just describing that she is a mother. Pero pag sinabi kong, she is my mother, that talks about my affinity to the woman who is my mother. That's why, nung sinabi rito ni King David na the Lord is my shepherd, he knows very well who his Lord is. He knows very well who his shepherd is. He has a personal encounter, a personal experience of the Lord blessing him, in spite and despite of the circumstances. And then you have here, shepherd. This was how David described Adonai. He described him as the shepherd. And this speaks of David's description of Yahweh. Yahweh, Rohi, Adonai, Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. But what is a shepherd in the Old Testament? Next slide, please. When we talk about being a shepherd, of course, we know that David knows very well what a shepherd looks like, what a shepherd is like, what a shepherd does, because he once was a shepherd. Right. And this is how God, David saw God in his life. A shepherd is a provider. The shepherd is a guide. He's a provider providing nourishment and rest for his sheep. The shepherd is also a guide leading where the ship should go. David saw Adonai as a shepherd to him in two opposing circumstances. The Lord is my shepherd in Psalm 23. In triumphs and in tribulations, that's why when we are going to outline Psalm 23, dalawang seasons ito na binibigkas ni King David. In triumphs and tribulations, in the best of times and in the worst of times, in verses 1 to 3, makikita nyo doon yung the best of times na binabanggit ni King David. But Yahweh Adonai did not change even in the worst of times. And you can see this in verses 4 and 5. Now let's look at this one. Ang sabi po rito, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. You see here, when we talk about the Lord making us lie down in green pastures, you talk about abundance, right? And you know that there are times when the pasture is not green. The pastures are not green all the time. The water is not always still. 
the soul is not always at rest. And sometimes, the direction is not always clear. But here, you will see the words from King David. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lying down in green pastures is a testament of the abundance that God can give us. The abundance of God is definitely reflected in this sentence. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And then you have here, He leads me beside still waters, talking about the peace of God that He can give us and the peace from God that He can give us just the same. Then He says here, He restores my soul. Katulad po nang binanggit ko kanina, the soul is not always at rest. But here King David is saying, He restores my soul. He is the one who gives me peace. Remember again that this was a time that he was being overthrown as the king of Israel, but in spite and despite of the circumstance, he was saying, He restores my soul. He gives me peace. He leads me beside quiet waters. You see, ang hirap kaya magpahinga kapag hindi payapa ang isip. In despite of the circumstances, ang sabi ni David, Rohi Adonai Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. No, sometimes the direction is not clear. But even while David was being overthrown by his own son, ang sabi niya dito, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. The direction is still very clear. Here's what King David was saying. Since the Lord is our shepherd, He will supply our needs, He will give us peace, and He will find, He will give us rest, and He will guide us where He leads. Then you will see here the opposing spectrum of this verse. Next slide, please. And it says here, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then the succeeding verses state, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You see here that the tone started shifting. Dahil biglang sinabi ni King David, Though, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and here, most probably, if we're going to look at this context again, he is referring to his son Absalom trying to overthrow him as the king of Israel. Ano nga ba ang nangyari at sino nga ba itong si Absalom? Next slide, please. Now, if we are going to look at Absalom, his story can be found in the book of in the Old Testament, in the book of Second Samuel. And Absalom was one of the sons of King David. And because of his greed he decided to plot against his father, King David, to be the king of Israel. And so what David did when he heard of the plot against him, he fled to Jerusalem and went to Gilead. And when David was hiding in Gilead, this is when he wrote Psalm 23. Absalom ordered his people to kill David's people so that his father can be overthrown. No choice si King David, kailangan niyang lumaban. But, ang sabi ni King David, yes, we will clash with the enemies, but do not harm Absalom. Despite of the circumstance, ang sabi niya, wag niyong gagalawin ang aking anak. Despite of the circumstance, David's army prevailed in that battle where 20,000 people died. 20,000 tao po ang namatay sa labanan na iyon. At itong si Absalom, habang siya po ay nakasakay sa isang mule, ang mule po is a crossbreed with, between a donkey and a horse. Okay? So, nakasakay siya sa mule, and then what happened was, kasi the description of Absalom in the scriptures is that he's a very handsome guy. 
And what made him even more handsome was his hair. Kasi ang haba ng buhok niya. Kaya lang po, habang nakasakay siya sa mule, sumabit yung kanyang buhok sa branch ng isang puno at tumakbo yung mule at siya po ay naiwan na nakahang doon sa may puno. And then what happened was, si Joab po, one of the soldiers of King David saw him and his men. And what they did was they killed Absalom. Absalom was killed because of his greed. Ang sabi ni King David, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. So when you talk about, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, you talk about God's protection. You are with me, Lord. You will protect me. When he said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Next po, hindi natin nakikita. Ayun, nakikita niyo ba? Ako lang pala hindi nakakakita doon. Labo mata, sorry po. Okay, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When you talk about the rod and the staff of a shepherd, it speaks of the guidance. Diba? My rod, yung shepherd. Right? You talk about the guidance coming from God. And he said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You see the confidence that David has here. A table before me in the presence of my enemies. Why was he confident? Because Adonai Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then he said, You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. When you talk about the anointing of oil in the Old Testament, it speaks of God giving purpose, giving a calling. And David here reminded of his calling to be the king of Israel and the protector of the Israelites. Ang bayang pinili ng Panginoon. He remembers that he was anointed by God to live out his calling. And then he said, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. God is my portion. You see, David knows that despite of the enemy's attempts to overthrow him, the Lord is his shepherd. And as God is his portion, he will not lack. The shepherd will supply his needs in the midst of his troubled circumstance. And here comes the conclusion in Psalm 23. Sabi dun sa conclusion, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David was saying that in the good times, in verses 1 to 3, and even the worst of times, the goodness of God will follow him all the days of his life. And you see the last sentence in the conclusion? This was the commitment of David to Adonai. This was the commitment of David to Yahweh. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. What was the qualifier here? Forever. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Remember that Psalm 23 can be summarized in the first two sentences of this passage. Psalm 23 verse 1 which says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does it mean when we say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want? Kung ako po'y nag-aaral nito, what I did was to look at the different translations in the Bible ng Psalm 23 verse 1. And you will be able to see this in your screen. The Lord is my shepherd. Nakikita na po ba natin? Next po. In the English Standard Version, King James and NASB, the New American Standard Bible, Ang sabi po doon, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In the New International Version, ang translation po was, I lack nothing. 
the New Living Translation, I have all that I need. In the Good News Translation, I have everything I need. Pero ito po yung pinakagusto ko sa lahat, yung translation ng The Passion. Ang sabi po sa translation na ito, I always have more than enough. I always have more than enough. Siyempre po, tinignan ko yung Tagalog. Nahiya naman po ako, hindi natin tanggal, banggitin dito yung translation sa Tagalog. Ng Psalm 23 verse 1, ang sabi dito, si Yahweh, ang aking pastol, hindi ako magkukulang. Can you repeat this with me? Si Yahweh, ang aking pastol, hindi ako magkukulang. You see, Psalm 23 summarized in this verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But what does it mean when we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I always have more than enough? What does it mean to have more than enough? You see, here lies the issue of contentment in the life of a believer. And when you talk about contentment, this is a heart issue. This is an issue of the heart. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of how we look at life. When you look at this picture on your screen, you see two glasses of water. One is half full, and the other is half empty. May pagkakaiba sa laman? Wala. But when we look at life as half full, then we say, Lord, thank you because you have filled me and you are filling me. But when you look at life as half empty, you're always looking at the things that we lack instead of counting our blessings. This is a litmus test of how we view life as God's people, as God's children. Ang dami na ba? Or kulang pa? Contentment is an issue of the heart and it reflects how we see God in our lives. You see, if there is one person in the New Testament that is personifying the idea of contentment, I would say that it would be the Apostle Paul. We know that one-third of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. And one of the books that he wrote was the book of Philippians. This was a letter that he wrote to the church at Philippi. And we know that when he wrote this passage, where was he? He was in prison. But you know that even though he was in prison, we know that the theme of this book is very joyous. Napakasaya ni Apostol Pablo. Paano ka magsasaya kung ikaw ay nasa kulungan? Right? But then again, you look at life here from the perspective of Apostle Paul. Ang sabi niya rito in Philippians chapter 4:11b to 13. And I'm using the New International Version. For I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and in every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. You see, the Apostle Paul learned that God is sufficient in every circumstances. Hindi lang po na sa panahon na siya ay malaya, kundi even sa panahon na siya po ay nakakulong. You see, contentment in God is finding our sufficiency in God despite of the circumstances. As I said a while ago, the, the Apostle Paul here wrote Philippians as a letter to the Christians at Philippi to thank them for helping him in the ministry at sa mga tulong na natatanggap niya while he was still in prison. Contentment here is anchored on the truth that the Apostle Paul believed that God will provide for him in any circumstances. In lack, in need, in abundance, in abasement. Paul is teaching us here that our happiness our gratitude and our contentment is not dependent in our situation, but is anchored on who Adonai Rohi is in our lives. You see, contentment in God is the key to a peaceful life, wherever you are, whatever the circumstances. In verse 12 po, dito sa my Philippians chapter 4, ang sabi po dito, I have learned the secret of being 
content. You see, I have learned the secret in the original translation in Greek was memuemai. The word was memuemai, and this is translated as I have learned the secret. But memuemai is actually a word that is related to the word mysterion in Greek, which is translated as mystery. And for people who do not understand the Apostle Paul saying that he has learned the secret of being content, contentment will remain a mystery. The truth is, contentment is a mystery. Contentment is definitely a mystery. It's only possible in our patient submission to God's provision in abundance and in abasement, in triumphs and tribulations, even in our successes and in our sorrows. You see, Psalm 23 is a mystery waiting to be unlocked in all of us. When we say Adonai Rohi in Psalm 23, we say that the Lord is our shepherd. Have we unlocked the mystery of this passage in our lives? The secret of being content. You know, in Psalm 23, we will be seeing 11 names of God here. Sabing isa po sa napakaraming pangalan ni Yahweh ang makikita po natin sa Psalm 23. And here, titingnan po natin sila isa-isa. The first one is Jehovah Ra'ah. The Lord is my shepherd. And then you have Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider, when David said, I shall not want. Jehovah Shalom, God is our peace. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Jehovah Rapha, God is our healer. He restores my soul. Next, Jehovah Chidkenu, God is our righteousness. When he said, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And then when he said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. And then Jehovah Ezer, God is our help. Your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Dami, no? This is the mystery waiting to be unlocked that if we just know and understand, we will learn the meaning when David said, Adonai, Rohi. And we have here Jehovah Nisi. God is our victory. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And then you have Jehovah M. Kadesh. God is our holiness. You anoint my head with oil. God is our holiness. And then the last two names of God, Jehovah Mana. God is our portion. My cup runs over. And this is the last name of God in Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is our inheritance, Jehovah. How can we not be content when God has already given us everything in Him and with Him? You see, Jesus Christ was called as the true shepherd in the New Testament. In John chapter 10, verses 11 and 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And in John chapter 10, verse 27, ang sabi niya, my sheep, hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. You see, we are God's children. We are His sheep. And may we learn to listen and to follow the voice of Jesus, our one true shepherd, because in Him, we have everything we need. Pwede ko bang ang ng lahat na tumayo? And let us recite this passage one more, Unlocking the Mystery. Psalm 23. Sabayan niyo po ako, basahin natin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we end, I do hope and pray that if there is going to be one takeaway that we are going to have at least this morning is this. Unless we understand that the Lord is our shepherd, nothing will ever be more than enough for us. Naayayahan ko po ang praise team as we have our response song. Awitin po natin ito at pasalamatan po natin na kahit kailan, hindi nagkulang ang ating Panginoon.
each of the words heard will sink in into our hearts. Ang ganda mo nang sinabi, unless you really understand God in your shepherd, nothing is more than enough for you. Nothing is enough. Pero pag naiintindihan mo, maybe the particular needs is not yet there, but the giver is already in you. May sakit ka, yung kagalingan wala pa, pero yung nagpapagaling nasa iyo. May kailangan kang bayaran, hindi mo mahawak yung pera, pero yung nagbibigay nasa iyo. You are walking through the valley and it seems that chasing you. And now you remember, why would I fear death? Whether you wanted to chase me or not, you get chasing me, but in your life living in me. So this time, I would ask everyone to just bring you, if I may say, our church needs it our intimate conversation, dialogue, time with the Lord. So sometimes, the, the, how huge our doctrines are, the Lord kasi nandito na eh, kasama na natin. Kaya feeling natin, alam naman niya lahat. Right now, ang panalangin natin, hindi para sa iba, hindi para sa sarili natin para sa church, kundi para sa relasyon natin sa ating shepherd. Amen? So I just want you to just open your lips right now and start to declare mention if you intend remember the 11 names, few of them, three of them, or maybe you create your own name of how you understand who God is in your life. Amen? He's your healer, He is your provider, He is your righteousness. I just want you to start to declare and magnify who God is sa buhay mo. Can we start to do that right now? Open your lips. Open your lips. Don't just say it in your mind. Open your lips. Declare who God is in your life. He is your shepherd. He is your father. He is my provider. He is my best friend. He is my healer. He is my my, my peace. He is my strength. He is my everything. Come on, just mention it. Start to mention who God is in your life. He is your shepherd. Adonai Roni, Yahweh Roni. And the more you declare that, the more you see the manifestation, the more you declare that God is your healing, the more you see healing manifest, the more you declare God is your provider, the more you see provision manifest, the more you declare it, the more you make it personal and declare it in your life. It happens more in your life. as we have said right now because you are our shepherd we know you bestow healing now sino man ay mga financial problem sa umagang ito you are our great provider you will provide everything that we need sino man ang may mga emotional breakdown mental breakdown right now we declare that you are our peace you are our rest right now we are speaking, uttering from our hearts, using our lips and our mouth, that we have rest. And you are my our portion. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being our shepherd. And we are your ships. We are your sons and daughters. Maraming maraming salamat, Panginoon sa lahat ng aspeto ng buhay namin, lagi kang nandun. Hindi ka nawawala, hindi ka umalis. Lagi mo kaming sinasamahan. Sa'yo ang lahat ng papuri, sa'yo ang lahat ng pasasalamat, sa'yo ang lahat ng pagsamba, 
lahat ng anak ng Diyos na nananong palataya at naniniwala that God is our shepherd, shall 